Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. Uh, I'm excited. We're starting a new series. We just wrapped up five weeks about walking with God. If you missed that, we have a podcast. You can listen to that. Uh, not a shameless plug for our podcast, but we just want you to be uh, going along with us as we journey as a church and trying to be like Jesus. You know, my three goals this year, I want to be with Jesus. I want to become like Jesus. And I want to ask in everything I do, what would Jesus do if he were me? Amen. And so we just wrapped that up. This week, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, which dovetails quite nicely with walking with God, because I would submit to you that it is impossible, everybody say impossible, to walk with God without the aid of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. There are lots of perspectives on the Holy Spirit, amen? Uh, And so we're going to unpack a little bit of that. But before we do that, I've just got a very spiritual clip. Listen, I need you to prepare your hearts. Everybody breathe in, breathe out. Very spiritual moment. Proceed straight. Well, we're 0 for 6. Last chance is the Elmhurst Country Club, other side of the lake on the southeast side. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I thought this would work. Through everything I had at that guy, nothing. That's how it goes sometimes, you know? You lose everything. Everything falls apart, and eventually you die and no one remembers you. That is a very good point, Dwight. Make a right turn. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. It means bear right. No. Up there. It said right. It said take a right. No, 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 look. It it means go up to the right, bear right, over the bridge, and hook up with 307. Make a right turn. Maybe it's a shortcut, Dwight. It said go to the right. It can't mean that. There's a lake there. I think it knows where it is going. The The machine knows. This is the lake. Stop yelling at me. Calm. I have trained for this. Okay. Exit the window. Here we go. Make a U-turn, if possible. Look out for leeches! Michael! Are you okay? Swim for it! I got you! I got you! Michael! Michael! Let go! Let go of me! Come on! Oh, I've always wanted to show this clip in church, and we found a reason. Have you ever felt like the Holy Spirit was leading you to do something, and then you figuratively drove your life into the lake, and you're like, maybe that wasn't God, right? God told me I'm going to marry that girl, right? We've all heard that. Then they break up. So did God uh, lie to you, or (laughs) did you not discern it well? Y'all listen to me. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, but something I want to encourage you with is as you're sorting out how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, it's always so important to find other seasoned people around you who can help you discern what God's speaking to you. You know, one of the most exciting things as a Christian is that we have direct access to God. But listen, I believe there's three primary ways. Everybody say primary. Primary ways that God speaks. He speaks through his word. You can't say God's not speaking when your Bible's closed. Amen. 
Uh, number two, I believe God speaks through wise counsel. A wise man has a multitude of counselors. Those are people who help you discern the word. And number three is impressions in your spirit. It's just feelings, inklings, thoughts that you have. It's leading in the Holy Spirit. But y'all listen, God designed us necessarily to be in community together. As we walk together, we can discern what's the will of God because here's something I believe. God doesn't speak in a vacuum. Anytime you're in a mature body of believers, other people will help you discern these things and help you go along the way. Amen? So I think it's kind of important. Anytime you want to understand a topic in the scripture, if Jesus talked about it directly, pretty good idea, I think, to look at what he had to say. And so go with me to John 14, John 14, verse 15. And I've got Asia here with me. Say hello, Asia. Well, you didn't follow. Say hello, Asia. Hello, Asia. There you go. That's good. <laughs> it's second service, and it's a snow day, so we're going to joke a lot. We're going to have fun this morning. Uh, John 14, 15 through 27. Asia's going to read this for us, so let's just uh, soak this in and listen to this word. It says, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give me a he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will, will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me and remember my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it's powerful, it's effective, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. God, it's here for us, to teach us, to rebuke us, God, to uh, show us the way. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd have your way. You'd speak to us this morning. We want to walk with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Come on, everybody said? Amen. amen, amen. Well, snow is on the way. Let's do a little poll. Who thinks we're going to have more than a foot? Where are my faith people at? More than a foot. Hey, they're calling for 8 to 12 now? Isn't that what I showed on Wednesday? Okay, who's saying under a foot? 
Okay, who thinks it's not going to snow at all because it's Arkansas and they're tricking us? Michael Monroe, I see that hand. I see that hand. Uh, okay, truth probably going to be somewhere in the middle. Uh, we'll see what happens. But last time it was this cold, uh, we had an outdoor service. Maybe you remember it. It was called Candlelight. And uh, it was freezing. My lips were chapped for like another month after that. Uh, and I just like ached. You know when you're in the cold and you just like hurt. I hurt. You know, you don't want to, that's not what you want people leaving service thinking like, I was so cold, my bones, they hurt. Uh, It it was one of those services, if you've done church long enough, uh, you will have a service where most things go wrong. Uh, And this was one of those, we can laugh now, it's over a month, and so I can laugh about it. It was not funny to me even two days ago. Uh, But the Lord heals and the Lord restores, amen? And so, uh, you know, it was freezing cold, frigid. It didn't rain. We prayed for the rain. We did not pray for the cold. Uh, And, like, it was windy. The candles all blew out. (laughs) We couldn't have any of the production stuff that we'd rented because it would blow over. And the guy's like, my insurance doesn't cover it. And I was like, well, (laughs) we're sunk. Okay, it sounds good. And, uh, you know, we got a TV. TV didn't work. Uh, 4.30, all you guys were showing up. We had a generator that was literally from Nam. This is not a joke. It was an army surplus generator. It had bomb mode. Like, literally. On the, I walked back there, and I saw that, and I'm like, where did this come from? It was like from a surplus sale or something like that. So that went out. Uh, 50 years old. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so we rented some generators, and those popped, like, as service was starting. So Blake and Asia uh, started service. Not that Asia, a different one. Uh, started service just by yelling, you know. <laughs> And nobody could hear him. I mean, it was, it was good. And I was like, oh. you know that, the, the meme where it's like everything's on fire and the guy's saying I'm fine? That was me. And I preached a life-changing message that I'm sure you all remember called Baby, It's Cold Outside. Seven points. I think it lasted like three minutes. <laughs> uh, what was my point in this? Oh, yeah, I remember. And so it's interesting. I was talking to Callie about this yesterday, and she was like, you know, all that stuff happened. She was like, but it still went well. One, because God, right? He held it together. Two, because Caleb has something, Caleb plays keys over here, something called a talkback mic, all right? And so if you're not familiar with how this works, you'll notice from time to time, Caleb will lead forward and just start. <laughs> He's giving directions to the band saying, okay, here comes the chorus. Okay, no, we missed that. All right, we'll get it the next time around. <laughs> Things like that. And... Uh, and so he, he was literally reminding the worship team of lyrics, what, you know, what's coming, because we have a confidence monitor back there. I'm just letting you guys all behind the curtain, right, of things that are happening. And so none of that worked, uh, but worship and, and that, that time was so good. It was like old school Christmas carols, which what's hilarious is when me and Caleb first sat down and started talking about this, we were like, let's do an outdoor service and just like old school Christmas carol style, right? And then we decided to church it up. Good thing we listened to God, huh? Glad we've got the Holy Spirit. You know, here's the truth. As you go through life, you're going to have times where you miss God. You're going to have times where you feel so confident God was speaking to you and you miss it. You're going to have other times where you know God's right there with you. He's helping you. He's guiding you. And, you know, one of the most fun things about being a Christian is we get to learn to walk in this relationship. And here's what I want to promise you. If you walk with the Holy Spirit, you develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, it will absolutely transform your life. And so who's guiding you? Who are you listening to? What does that look like in your life? Do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? 
Who is the Holy Spirit? All right? I was talking to a buddy of mine <laughs> this weekend. If you've been in church long enough, you've heard this. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a who, right? It's a person. It's somebody that we can have a relationship with. You know, it's interesting in our relationship with God. Right now, we can't see things in full, but the promises in the Scripture say one day we will see in full. The Holy Spirit leads us. He guides us. You know, one theologian I was reading, he said, Jesus said it'll be better for you for me to send the advocate. Why? Jesus walked with them, but the Holy Spirit lives in you. Amazing things can happen. We're going to try to unpack this. But who is the Holy Spirit? He's the advocate. He's the helper. The, the, he, the, the Greek word there is paraclete. I think is how you say it. Am I saying that right, Tommy? I got that. Nailed it. Uh, that's the Greek. But he's the advocate, the helper. He's the spirit of truth. He's spent, sent by the Father to empower believers to complete the mission of building the church of Jesus, bringing power to the, our, their testimony, our testimony as builders of the church, people of Jesus. Firstly, he gives power through testimony, firstly, by raising Jesus from the dead. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That's the first part of the testimony. The second part of the testimony is bringing life and wisdom to the believer, filling our life so that we can walk in fullness and wholeness and holiness. Amen. We're trying to make holiness attractive again. I want to say the other word, but I feel like it's a little too scandalous in church. You know what I'm talking about? George Clooney? The blank man alive? I'm not going to say it. I just inferred it. <laughs> uh, okay. Blowing the Holy Spirit right out of the room here. He gives power to our testimony, first, through raising Jesus from the dead, second, through bringing life to the, to the believer, to empowering our life. You know, it's interesting. There's lots of different traditions. Some traditions say that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the movement of the Holy Spirit stopped with the apostles. I'm not one of those people. I believe that we're still empowered. We're still gifted by the Holy Spirit. That's not what we're talking about this week. But I grew up in a church that was like that. And it was like when you talked about the Holy Spirit, it was like awkward, right? Everybody's like, hmm. How far are you going to go? You know, like that type of thing. But then you got the other type of churches, and that's all you talk about is the Holy Spirit, right? Every week, everybody in here is getting slain in the Spirit, or we're not leaving. Amen? You're going to get a blanket. Push, you know, push it down. And listen, I think that there have been seasons and times in the church where that's worked in a powerful way. But here's something we have to be careful about as believers. We want to follow the Holy Spirit, not just try to replicate moments that we've had. And, you know, every movement, every movement does this. Every movement does this. And, and I think for us, it's trying to figure out as pastors and staff what that looks like. But how does this play out for you as congregants? I think it can get confusing sometimes what it looks like. And so my hope this morning is that we can bring a little bit of clarity to what it looks like to walk with the Holy Spirit. Amen? I want to read a quote to you. It's from uh, William Temple. He said, It's no good giving me a play like Hamlet or King Lear and telling me to write a play like that. Shakespeare could do it. I can't. It's no good showing me a life like the life of Jesus and telling me to live a life like that. Jesus could do it. I can't. But if the genius of Shakespeare could come and live in me, then I could write plays like that. And if the spirit of Jesus could come and live in me, then I could live a life like that. This is the secret of Christian sanctity. 
It's not that we should strive to live like Jesus, but that he, by his spirit, should come and live in us. To have him as our example is not enough. We need him as our savior. And thus, through his atoning death, that the penalty of our sins may be forgiven. It's part one. Part two, it's through his indwelling spirit that the power of our sins will be broken. Listen, the curse of your sin was broken through the resurrection, but the power of sin over your life is broken through the indwelling and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. God wants to set you free. You know, if you look at the Old Testament, there's a character named Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. And there's something called the Abrahamic Covenant. This is a covenant that God made with Abraham that he was going to bless him. He was going to make him a powerful nation. His descendants would be like the sand on the seashore. You couldn't number them. And it's interesting. You look back at that covenant. God made the promise with himself. Now, normally when you make a covenant, there's two people come together. And what they would do is they would take an animal, a goat, a cow, something like that, and would saw it in half. They would lay the halves. This is old school, all right, like thousands of years old school. Uh, and they would fill like a little ditch with the blood and they would walk through the blood together and say, if either of us break this covenant, let it be unto the person who broke it like it is to this animal. Now God knew we could never keep it. And so he walked through it himself and he sent us Jesus. God himself was broken. He was sawed in half. He was bloodied for our redemption And then he sent us the seal of the promise, and that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables you and empowers you to walk out the things that you could never do on your own, y'all. That is good news. I think so often in our relationship with God, we just focus on the atonement, but we don't find the freedom. Freedom comes through a relationship with the Holy Spirit. God wants to set you free, amen? He wants to flood your life with light. That is a really artistic way of saying he wants to fill your life. Here's what it says in Ephesians 1, 18. It says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he's given to those he called, the holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. You know, a few years ago, I had a family member who was frustrating me. Y'all can't relate to that, right? You guys can't relate. Uh, Maybe some of you guys are that frustrating family member. I think it's all of us at different times. But um, he did something. I can't remember what he did. And I just said to him, I was like, when are you going to quit making the same mistakes over? I'm so sick of you doing the same thing over. Why aren't you learning from your mistakes? Why are you bringing this to me again, trying to get me to bail you out? And the Holy Spirit hit me gently, the way that the Holy Spirit does, with what if that's how I responded to you when you come to me with your problems. Y'all, some of us believe that that's how God responds to us. It's the reason we hide our sin from him. Because if we're honest, we don't believe he loves us that much. But y'all, the gospel of Jesus is that when you were at your worst, God believed for your best. The Holy Spirit is not a condemnation machine (laughs) that just follows you around and remind you of all the things you do wrong, I believe that the Holy Spirit is primarily pointing you towards light. He's pointing you towards hope because he wants you to live a full, fulfilled life. Amen? He does bring conviction, but y'all, guess what's on the other side of conviction? (laughs) Life. I don't know about you, but for me, 
I relate to the Apostle Paul. He said, the things that I want to do are not the things that I do. The things I don't want to do are the things that I do. (laughs) Who's going to save me for this? Praise be to God for the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on and he starts talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He helps us walk in freedom. Number two, he empowers us to change. God sent the Holy Spirit to indwell you, to dwell in you, and to empower you to overcome sin. He empowers us to change. Everybody say change. Change is a good word. Change is a good word in church. When it comes to God, he's not trying to change. He's not trying to control you. Like, we get this image like he's this controlling parent. No, most of the time, let's back up. <laughs> Your parents aren't trying to control you. They're trying to keep you safe, right? As you get older, who has who recognized that? Maybe you didn't have great parents, okay? But for the most part, that's what parents are trying to do. Y'all, God is not trying to control you and to keep you from the things you want to do. He's trying to help you walk in the fullness. Now, he's not going to make you do it, but he's going to invite you in. Amen? He empowers us to change. Romans 8, 11. This is right after that verse out of Romans 7 that I quoted a minute ago. It says, if the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells where? In you. It's interesting, you go and you look at characters in the New Testament. Uh, Peter is one of my favorite guys because he's always doing the wrong thing. He's cutting people's ears off, all right? He's like telling Jesus how he's going to do things. He's just aggressive. He's bold. I love aggressive, bold people. God loves aggressive, bold people. But it's interesting. It never hit me until I was studying this week. He walked with Jesus for three years but was still arrogant, (laughs) prideful, boastful, like Jesus would tell him he was going to do things. He was like, I'll never do that. Three hours later, I've never seen the man. (laughs) Jesus who? (laughs) Right? But then when you read his letters, it's full of humility. It's full of faith. It's full of love. It's full of peace. It's a totally different dude. Why? Because in Acts, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit transformed his life. Y'all listen to me. If you're a Jesus follower, but you don't have a relationship with the Spirit, it's like being in a boat that doesn't have any wind. It's like being in a sailboat, but not having any wind. You're just sitting there, and you're stagnant. I wonder if anybody's found themselves in that place in life. The Holy Spirit, he comes in. He can change things. He brings fresh wind. Job 33 says, The Spirit of God has made me and breathed in the breath Back up. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Got it that time. Go back. I I skipped over a quote that I want to read. Look at this from John Stott. Uh, If you're looking for a great book on just understanding the the mechanics of the faith, there's a book called Basic Christianity. It sounds really boring, but y'all, it is really good. It's dense, but you'll be able to understand it. It's great. Basic Christianity by John Stott. Here's what he says. He says, but can human nature be changed? Has anybody ever felt like that? Like, can I actually change? Is it possible to make a sour person sweet, a proud person humble, a selfish person unselfish? The Bible declares emphatically that these miracles can take place, and it's part of the glory of the gospel. 
Jesus Christ offers not only to change our standing before God, but our very nature. This tremendous inward change is the work of the Holy Spirit. I love that line. Can a sour person become sweet? (laughs) Yes. Can a proud person become humble? Yes. Can a selfish person become unselfish? Yes. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I think so often, y'all listen to me, we get so fixated on our big sins, right? It's the big sins. It's the stuff right out in front of you, but you can get so focused on the areas you haven't found victory that you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to shape you in just places of your basic character. You know, for me this year, every year I go to a ward and I say, God, where are you trying to transform me? Where are you trying to change me? And this year, this summer, I know exactly where I was at. God said, this year, I want you to work on your pride. And I said, that. <laughs> Been walking with you for 13 years. I got this pride thing figured out. <laughs> pride. So I went back and I just started studying it, y'all. It's these small things that, that have huge ripple effects. A lot of times the reason we continually struggle with the big sins in our life is because pride keeps us from going for help. A lot of the reasons we struggle with relationships is because we struggle to show mercy and compassion to people around us and nobody wants to be around us, right? A lot of times the big stuff you're struggling with has a root cause and y'all, that's the stuff. That's the good stuff that the Holy Spirit can help you shift in. He has so many roles. He has so many things that he does. We're gonna talk lots about that in the coming weeks. But I, I believe one of the primary functions, the things we have to understand is that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit indwells you. And because of that, he gives you that same power that was in Jesus to overcome sin. Uh, I had a Bible teacher a few years ago. Do you all ever get confused? You're reading through the scripture, and it's like Jesus has fulfilled the law, but yet not a letter of the law is going to go away <laughs> until the end. And it's like, I'm just going to scoot that, scoot that verse aside. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to look at that. Why? The, the Holy Spirit, y'all, enables us to keep the laws of God. The Holy Spirit enables us to love our neighbors, ourselves, Y'all, that is not something we can do on our own. That's only something God can teach us. Now listen, here's the grace in it. You're gonna mess up. Everybody say, I'm gonna mess up. The power of life and death is in the tongue, so I need to find a better, more positive spin here in a moment. <laughs> but he, he will enable you to love your neighbors, yourself, to love God first, y'all. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. So I wonder if maybe you've been struggling with that in your life, you know, Close with this. Uh, there's a, a place near the equator. It's called the Intertropical Convergence Zone. We all know about this, right? Of course. It's a place of utter stillness and inactivity. It's the northern hemisphere tra- trade winds that go one way, and the southern hemisphere trade winds go the other way. It's the area that sailors in ancient times called the doldrums. Everybody say doldrums. What this area was is it's essentially a desert in the ocean. What does that mean? There's no wind. If you're in a sailboat (laughs) and you're in the ocean and the wind goes away, you're in trouble, all right? You're stuck. People could get stuck in places for weeks. You know, I believe some of you guys are walking with God. You're trying to walk with God. You've been stuck in places for weeks, months, years. And my simple question I want to submit to you this morning is are you yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you continually asking the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you? Are you in a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because you'll listen. The Holy Spirit is the wind 
that moves your life forward. If you try to walk with God without the help of the Holy Spirit, you're going to find yourself in the doldrums. You're going to find yourself in the desert. But if you walk with God with the Holy Spirit, it's a wind that will propel your life forward. Will everything be perfect? No, but you'll be growing. You'll be moving. I know for me, y'all, this is not an area that I've aced. I don't want you to sit up here and be like, oh, Bronson, received the Holy Spirit in 2007, never looked back, never missed a moment. No, y'all, I've had moments, many moments, months, years at times. It's not listening. And so what does it look like for you? You know, I, I believe that some of you guys, you're in here and you, you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. You're sitting there and you're like, Bronson, I'm, I'm listening to all this stuff. I have none of this in my life. I have great news. All you have to do is ask and the Holy Spirit will fill your life. And you can start walking through life. Go to coffee with some of these people who are in here and start talking about it. We can help you. We can transform your walk with God. Some of you guys are in a place where you have just been ignoring him for years. He's been asking you to do things. You've been pushing him back. Hey, say yes and see if God doesn't bless your life. Say yes and see if he doesn't fill you with good things. Say yes, and see if he doesn't propel you, if he doesn't move you forward. So I've got a couple of action steps for you before we go. I just want you to ask yourself first, write this down, if you've got some notes with you, if you've got your notes on your phone. Number one, how has God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, changed me? It's important to remember, y'all, how has he changed me? How has he helped me? I want you to take this with you because guess what? You're going to have some, some tempo on your hands this week. <laughs> how has he grown me? Write this down. Take some time in your quiet time this week. And then I want you to talk to your family and your friends about it. What's the role of the Holy Spirit been? And hey, y'all, be honest. You don't have to have it all down. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be like, well, I'm a scholar. I'm going to lead my family through this study <laughs> of all that I know and have learned. No, just open the conversation. Hey, it's okay not to be an expert. We get to do this throughout our whole life. But I'm telling you, if you go through your life, your Christian life, without a relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's a lot more difficult. It's not the way that God designed it. So here in a moment, I'm going to pray for you. Some of you guys, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit for the first time. Some of you guys, you're going to make decisions to start yielding back to the Holy Spirit. Some of you guys, just a reminder, it's good. And listen, here's what I want to promise you. God will speak to you. He will lead you. He will guide you. And he will fill you with good things. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. A dead person came back to life. That same power lives in you, empowers you and lead you. Amen. Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. Just want to say thank you for listening in. Uh, our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.